the disciples where they wanted to rain down fire from heaven and Jesus said you know you know what you don't know what manner of spirit ye are and um, and so in uh, turning over to second Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 5. In fact, let's read up a little bit. We'll start at verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, isn't that interesting? (laughs) We do walk in the flesh, don't we? We walk in the flesh. That's our bodies. Um, But though we... We walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations. And every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your, your obedience is complete. You are looking at things as they are outwardly. If anyone is confident in himself that he is Christ, let him consider this again within himself, that just as he is Christ, so also are we. And so we see here that that we need to be destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God and take every thought... In captive to the obedience of Christ. We need to be doing that constantly because if, we, if we're not, our minds just run off with themselves, don't they? And uh, you, uh, uh, it is amazing how the minds can just take off and just go somewhere. Has, does that happen to anybody besides me? And you get these thoughts and you just start running with them. And, and they're not, they have nothing to do with God, and they're not of God. And we need to just uh, come to a place and just say, no, stop it. That is not from the Lord. And, and you cast it down, and you can do that because of the Holy Spirit in you. You don't have to go with those thoughts. You don't have to go with the thoughts that, that this, you know, simplistic of, well, I'm not saved, or... Uh, I'm not important to God. God doesn't care or just whatever our mind comes up with. We come up with all kinds of stuff um, that we're insignificant and God doesn't care, see what's going on in our lives. And, you know, it just it goes on and on and on. But that's just a little tiny example of what we can be thinking. And and uh, and so we need to be casting down those Uh Randy Schenkel, in his book, The Marismos, says there are two levels on which Satan can influence our lives. And I, the first one is indirectly by putting thoughts in our minds. Two levels on which Satan can influence our lives. The first one being indirectly by putting thoughts in our minds. Corruptible seed that produces after its kind. 
And this can be like a false teacher, for instance, who plants a thought, thoughts that seem to be good and seem to be true. And so you hear this and then they leave, but the thought remains. And, uh, and note that this thought only enters into the soul, but it can be fed and nurtured by soulish influences. Let's look over in Second Peter a moment. Second Peter, chapter two, and we are in a section that uh, we're we're talking about possibility, uh, possibly Satan's major area of influence in Second uh, Peter chapter two. We'll start at verse 1. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be also be false teachers among you, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who, who bought them, bringing swift destructions upon themselves. And many will follow their sensuality, And because of them, the way of the truth will be maligned. In their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world but preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. And if he condemned the, the uh, cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, having made them an example to those who would live ungodly thereafter. And this just continues on here. But in verse 9, Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment, especially those who indulge the flesh in its corrupt desires and despise authority. And so here it's, he, he talks about uh, false prophets and false teachers who secretly introduce destructive heresies and even denying the master. Um, and so this is... This is indirectly because, and, and why I say indirectly again is because it sounds good and it sounds right. And so a little seed is planted, and it could be uh, just a simple thing as, well, you need to you need to think about yourself. Just you know, you deserve to think about yourself because. Uh, and, and live for yourself. And, and there can be justification put in there. And what happens with that is um, you, you steer off the path a little bit here. You're steering off the path, and now your eyes are no longer on Christ and the cross, but all of a sudden you're, you're saying, yeah, I do deserve. I deserve this, and I deserve that. And why hasn't God, you know, just, and it grows and it grows. And here comes the mind running rampant all of a sudden. And the, 
again, the teacher that that introduces that leaves and the thought stays with you. And uh, and so before long, you're exalting yourself instead of exalting Christ and allowing him to be lifted up. So that's just one example. Um, the second way that he puts a level is through direct influence. That's when a demonic spirit begins to live through your personality. The five I wills of Isaiah 14, we'll look at those, reveal Satan's intentions in and through a person's life. His desire to absorb a person's personality and manifest his own. Turn over to Isaiah 14. Begins to live through your personality. That's a direct influence. Fourteen twelve. Yeah, we'll start reading Isaiah fourteen, beginning at verse twelve. How how you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, sun of the dawn! You have been cut down to the earth. You have been weakened, you you who have weakened the nations. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to the heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. And I will sit on the mount of assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. And we see here that these, the first one, I will ascend to heaven, is self, is like self-exaltation. Self-exaltation. I will, I will go up. And the second one, I will raise my throne above the stars of God. And that's like power, power exaltation. He, he's saying he's got the ability to do this. To raise his throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of assembly. That's uh, as in wanting equality uh, with, with God. Wanting equality with the hierarchy in heaven. He'll sit on the same mount with, with the Lord himself. Um, I will... Ascend above the heights of the clouds. That's like surpassing everything, going above all of it. And then, of course, I will make myself like the Most High, being equal with God. And so, um, this this attitude of Satan has never changed. It doesn't change. And he can he can get into you, into your soul, uh, to such a degree that you that a person can start lifting themselves up to to a high degree and just exalting themselves, where it's even demonic. So, did you, did y'all get all that, or did you need need to go over some of it? 
Um, so God wants your soul, and Satan wants your soul. And Satan wants to be the Lord over your soul. Now, the way that that man allows Satan to be Lord over his soul is he starts agreeing with Satan in these areas. For instance, just an example, man, I am terrific. I am a I am a man of God and 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 am indispensable. And, and, you know, uh, people, uh, people can do that to a person and, and make them think that they're indispensable and that they are terrific. Oh, we can't function without you. How, God doesn't move unless you're here. And so that, that's the fault of the, of the body of Christ. But... Not completely, because a, a person should never receive that and think that they're indispensable, indestructible. Uh, they're God's chosen one, uh, and that God can't make it without them. But um, that's one who is who becomes like that is allowing uh, Satan to be lord over their soul. Um, you can even get to it. I've seen people that that come into a fellowship and and say, "Well, why don't they use me here? I can be I can be used in great ways and to such a degree that it, it is it's demonic. I mean, if they're not being used, then they they end up going from place to place if they're not recognized for who they are. Yes. See, we're all we're talking about the same tree. So, I mean, you've got you've got the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So you, you're you're eating off the same tree, just different different ways there. Um, super soul, uh, the one is self awareness backed by demonic presence that can be with boasting or bragging, pumping you up so that. Satan can take over through you. And it can be the other way, too, as Jennifer mentioned. It can be uh, not receiving and accepting who you are in Christ Jesus to such a degree that no matter what kind of uh, teaching, no matter what of true teaching, no matter what kind of uh, encouragement, uh, admonition there is, there's just no reception of that. To such a degree, you go down totally the other way. 
and uh, to to such a degree that it can be self-destruction. And that can be demonic, too. Um, in fact, we, we probably recognize that as being more demonic than the other. Um, because uh, if it's looking good, if the person's really looking good and doing good things for God, and but really hyped and pumped, we very rarely recognize that's demonic. But the self-destruction, you can... We usually recognize that first. But God has not changed. Um, This kind of stuff is going on today. And in us, possibly, and in many Christians, it's been going on for many thousands of years. But Satan can only work through the soul. And uh, I really believe that. Um, I don't believe he can possess your spirit uh, because our spirits are one with the Holy Spirit. And I, and I just, where there's light, there can be no darkness. But he sure can influence the soul and possess the soul. And if you've ever been around people that have been possessed, the uh, manifestation of it is all soul, comes out in soulish ways, uh, through the mind, the will, the emotions. A lot of times it's the emotions. That's where you finally see it manifesting. Um, The I wills can only be be fulfilled through man's will. And so there's got to be a giving in of the the will of man, giving in, giving their soul over to Satan and his influence. I don't think it... uh, Again, this is a direct influence, so it's not something has opened the door to allow the enemy in. And that can be uh, that can be something that even before you were a Christian, that can be through something that happened when you were young, where uh, the door was open for the enemy to get in, and, and now it's just a process of, now that you're a Christian, it's a process of, recognition and revelation and and then uh, coming out of agreement with it and we'll we'll talk a little more about that um, Satan desires to rule over man's soul and thus be dominant over the earth you know he's really not the lord of the earth by any means is he uh, when he got kicked out of heaven he didn't get to come down God didn't give him, uh, didn't allow him to be the ruler of the earth. He told man to conquer the earth. To, but Satan, satanic principalities and powers influence humanity through man's thought processes. That's that's the influence. Man's thought processes, imaginations, dreams, and desires. Um, maybe you've talked to people who have. These crazy, crazy dreams. And that's, that's the enemy's influence. Trying to get in through dreams, through imaginations, thought processes, and desires. We have, um, well, I'll just read this. This is the reason for the world of parapsychology and supernatural manifestations such as hypnotism, magic, familiar spirits, 
<coughs> levitation, uh, and so forth. Satan uses souls of mankind to perform demonic signs and wonders and to bring counterfeit mankind and to bring counterfeit mankind God's creation as puppets against God. Um, people are really drawn to that stuff. Have you, I don't I mean they really are to, to magic and and to I, I've never seen I don't well maybe on TV I've seen some some of this stuff but like levitation but um, try to stay away from it but uh, the uh, all the all that kind of stuff really draws people and uh, they're amazed at it and they get involved in it as a result and uh, we're going to see some scriptures here in just a minute about what God thinks about all that stuff so um, turn over to Second uh, Thessalonians. I think we may find out about it pretty quick here. Second Thessalonians chapter two. We'll start at verse seven. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then that lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. That is the one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders. And with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. And so for this reason, God will send upon them a deluding influence so that they might believe what is false. In order that they may all be judged who did not believe the truth, but took pleasure in wickedness. But we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, Because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. And uh, and we'll look at some more here, but but here is here is the idea. Here is where the Lord stands. He's saying just stay away from it. You don't have to educate yourself in this matter. You don't have to get involved in it. our mind, uh, our minds can be so deceiving that they could even tell you that. Well, I need to know, I need to know what's out there. So when I when I conf- am confronted by it, I'll know how to be withdraw, you know, how to speak and things like that. Well, in another passage, he tells us not to worry about what we're going to speak or say. If if we just know Jesus, that's enough. And the Holy Spirit in us is able to speak forth plenty. You follow me? We don't have to do heavy-duty studies on what's out there. So, um, Satan is blending the personality of man to his own. He has encountered the soul and has become his throne. But his kingdom only expands to the degree that the individual surrenders his soul. 
So he, he has limited access, and, and he hates that. And he hates the fact that, that, that Christians are being conformed to the image of God, that, that, that Christians are, are taking on this cross daily, denying themselves and following Jesus. And as they are being conformed into that same image, that's, that's what Satan hates. He, he, what he would rather have is carnal Christians that he can possess their souls. And yeah, they love Jesus, but they're living like the devil. They're living for themselves. And uh, so his, his kingdom can only increase by the degree that, that our wills submit to him. That's the only way he can. He can't force himself upon a Christian. He can't force himself in. Um, we as believers in Christ must not surrender to the master of the psychic. Look, let's turn over to Leviticus 19. We'll see here what exactly God thought about this way back. Because this, none of this is new. Any of this... We get down. Uh, we used to go down to Mardi Gras. And we'd get around the palm readers and things. Most of them were not legit. <clears throat> Most of them weren't legit. They, but the ones that were legit, uh, they didn't like us being around them because light and darkness have nothing in common, and they couldn't read while we were around them. And they even admitted that to. A few of them did. They could not. They could not read anything when the when the light came into their presence. So, yeah, they did. A few of them, um, but some. A lot of it was amazing because they just knew when we were around they weren't going to do very good. So, they they weren't nasty. I don't think ever were they. Uh, it was the ones that were not legit that didn't like us around because <laughs> it. Because we were Christians, we had crosses and things, and so the the Christians that would come in there to get a reading felt condemned. You know, all of a sudden, you know, we're messing with their business. So, but anyway, and in, in, uh, we'll start here in Leviticus 19, verse 31. We'll just read that one verse. <clears throat> Do not turn to mediums or spiritists. Do not seek them out to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. And then look in verse 20, chapter 20, verse 6. As for the person who turns to medians and to spiritists to play the harlot after them, I will also set my face against that person and will cut him off from among his people. And then down in verse 27. Now a man or a woman who is a medium or a spiritist shall surely be put to death. They shall be stoned with stones. Their blood guiltiness is upon them. And then there's a few passages I want to read in Deuteronomy, chapter 18. Chapter 18 of Deuteronomy, beginning at verse 9. 
When you enter the land which the Lord God gives you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable things of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, one who uses divination, one who practices witchcraft, or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer, or one who casts a spell or a medium or a spiritist or one who calls up the dead. For whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord. And because of these detestable things, the Lord your God will drive them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For those nations which you shall dispossess, listen to those who practice witchcraft. Or they, they listen to those who practice witchcraft and to diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do so. And so we see the the view of the Lord here towards all of that. And I don't and I know that it hadn't changed in his heart uh, at all. I don't think we have a problem with that around here, but it's it's can be so subtle, uh, can it? You can uh, I I've thought at times uh and we mustn't be uh, legalistic in this matter at all, but I thought you know, even the simple thing of being in a, a Chinese restaurant and so-called reading your fortune. Well, it's, you know, everybody does it for fun and you're laughing stuff. But what about that one little seed that's planted in there that says, hmm, maybe, maybe this will happen. <laughs> you haven't gotten it yet? Oh, you haven't? Okay. That's right. Oh. <laughs> but just little things. And uh, they got stuff in the newspapers and they got this, you know, they've got the columns and they've got the, they, everybody. It hadn't happened to me for years, but I, I used to have even Christians come up. What's your, uh, let's see, what's horoscope sign, that kind of stuff. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't pay attention to that stuff. So, but we see we see the heart of the Lord here, and but it, it's a serious matter to the Lord. It really is, and it's not something to play around with. Um, it's not a game to the Lord. Um, now let's turn to uh, Romans chapter six. Now, you may run across people that are still somewhat involved in that stuff. And first off, don't get involved in it yourself. But secondly, pray for them if they're a believer, that the Lord would open their eyes at the seriousness that he considers it. Uh, Verse 13 here in Romans 6. And do not go on presenting the instruments of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. But present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. And see, our, our involvement needs to be in the things of God. There's enough, we have enough trouble with that, that we don't need to, by our own wills, be involved in 
the things of the enemy. We have enough trouble with ourselves. <laughs> we don't need to help him out any uh, in allowing him to to work in and through us. So that's mainly what I wanted to say on that part. Um, and then over in Acts 16 is a good example. If we're if our minds are set on Him and we're about our Father's business, and we are just desirous to be His vessel to glorify Him, we will. The Lord will see to it that we're being used the way that He wants to use us. Uh, Acts 16, beginning at verse 16. And it happened that as, as we were going to the place of prayer, a certain slave girl, having a spirit of divination, met us, who was bringing her masters much profit by fortune-telling. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out, saying, These men are bondservants of the Most High God, who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. And she continued doing this for many days. But Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that very moment. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. And when they had brought them to the chief magistrates, they said, These men are throwing our city into confusion, being Jews, and are proclaiming customs which it is not lawful for us to accept or to observe, being Romans. And so here, here was a lady, a woman who, well, she was a slave girl. She had a... She had this spirit of divination, so she exercised in divination and must have gotten really well at it because the, her masters made a, a profit. <clears throat> and so she was follow, she saw what was going on. And that's the interesting thing, a true person that is a spirit is like this recognizes the spirit of God in people because what happens they're they're like blocked they are overridden and she sensed that and she saw what was going on and so she starts to some degree trying to use this to to point out the great things that were going on with Paul and the others. And uh, so she starts, in a, in a demonic way, probably, crying out and calling out. Now, I've had, I've, we've been around this kind of stuff where this has taken place, especially when you're in a place like New Orleans, and uh, this shouting and proclaiming will start taking place. And... And if you're just an observer, uh, it looks it looks great. Say, so, wow, we're getting we're getting advertising here. She recognizes that we're doing things for God, but in this case, it's demonic, and it's not right. God doesn't need any help. God doesn't need somebody that's filled with 
demons to help bring people in. And so Paul recognized this, and, and he just uh, commanded that the, the spirit come out of her, and, uh, and it did. And that really annoyed the, her masters. Because all of a sudden she doesn't have this power anymore to help for them to make money. <laughs> yeah, everybody was annoyed. <laughs> um, and so that is an example, though, of uh, someone who is, has bowed down and allowed the spirits to take the, this demonic spirit to take over. And you see the manifestation of it is in an outward outward way and it can even look good but it's from the wrong tree again okay um, and then I want to look over in uh, Acts oh that's where we're at um, so my summary on that is we can make demands in the name of Jesus we each need an overseer of our soul um you know, you can you can make demands in the name of Jesus all you want, but if it's not of God, it's not going to happen. And you can try to help make it happen, but if it's not of, of the Lord, it's not going to be life. It's not going to be long-lasting, everlasting. Um, Adam had the Spirit of God as an overseer, but Adam didn't provide oversight to Eve's soul, and therefore they submitted to the wrong spirit. Um we need an overseer of our souls. And we need to allow the, the Spirit of God to oversee us. And we've also talked uh, in previous classes about overseers watching over you and allowing them to do that. Now turn back to Acts chapter 5 and look at another example. This is one that we're all familiar with. Acts chapter 5, we'll begin at verse 1. But a certain man named Ananias, with his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property and kept back some of the price for himself with his wife's full knowledge. And bringing a portion of it, he laid it at the apostles' feet. And Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back some of the price of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not under your control? Why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. And we see here... Peter's words are very precise here. And uh, first off, Satan filled his heart. And he lied to God. He conceived the deed in, your, in his heart. And he says, you've not lied to men, but to God. And so, um, we see here the area of influence that this was a direct, this, this, you know, he conceived this by the previous chapter. He saw what took place, but he, he allowed Satan to enter him and, and came up with this idea that, man, I can do that, get the blessing, 
and just give a small portion and and give the idea that it's more. And so um, he was he was just going totally against the whole spirit of what took place in the previous chapter. Um, and it was with Sapphira's, Sapphira's full knowledge. Go back to uh, Luke 10. Luke chapter 10. We're still talking about um, areas that, the area that Satan influences our souls. And and even to the degree of super soul. Um, In this chapter here, in chapter 10 of Luke, Jesus sends... um, sends his disciples out two by two. And they do great wonders. And, and great things happen. They're all excited. They're all hyped. Their emotions are high. And they come back in verse 17. And the 70 return with joy, saying, Lord, even, even demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Behold, I, I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall injure you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that your spirit, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Now, where, where does this verse get left out in the... Church of the expulsion of the spirits. <laughs> you know, the the things that happen, the great miracles, and the, the churches become the name of the very thing they cast out. Or where Are they missing this verse here? You know, don't rejoice over that. I mean, Jesus has all power, and if he lives in you, then you have power over all this stuff. Don't rejoice in that. Rejoice that that uh, your name is recorded in heaven, and and look to continue to just walk and look to Jesus. Um, but see, that's where the the soul comes in and gets all excited because it's doing things that it's never been able to do or that it's always wanted to do. <laughs> People are watching me. People are noticing me. You know, I'm doing. I'm doing great things. I can be like God. <laughs> and see, it becomes a, a super soulish person. A super soulish person. And nothing more. And so then you then you begin you you have to keep it going and you get your services with your fake sick people and fake healings and that's taken place, hadn't it, throughout the centuries. Um so and then one other. Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 16. Start at verse 21. This is this is right after Peter. 
confess that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then in verse, uh, let's see here, verse 21. From that time, Jesus Christ began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this shall never happen to you. And he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. You know, see, if it can happen to Peter, it can happen to us, can it? I mean, here's the, here's the rock <laughs> who had just confessed who Jesus was. And it wasn't probably ten minutes later that he turns around and said, Jesus, Lord, save yourself. You don't have to go through this. And, you know, and you, Jesus recognized it for what it was. He said that was a satanic statement that he made. He was totally going against the cross, totally wanting to go against the very purpose that he came. And so he said, get behind me, Satan. You're not, you're, you're not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. And, and you, just put yourself in Peter's place. The, the Messiah himself, the Lord, the one who, who you love, told you that he was just told you that upon that confession, he was going to build his church. Makes you feel pretty good. He says, wow, I'm finally being recognized. I'm finally being acknowledged. And so then when Jesus says what's going to happen, oh, well, now it's time for me to do something and say something. And maybe I can save God's church. Maybe I can save Jesus. And so Jesus recognized it for, for what it really was. It, was. it was a satanic influence to say, hey, you don't have to go through this. And, uh, and so it just continues to show us um, how our soul, which is made up of mind, will, and emotions, can fluctuate so quickly. We can have our... We can have our hearts set at totally on the Lord one moment and then be steered off that path just the next moment. It can happen just like that, just as it did to Peter here. The, uh, Peter here was wanting Jesus to think about himself. And let's see here. I wanted to point out a particular word here. This word, uh, somebody read the King James, verse 23. Matthew. Yeah, Matthew uh, 16, 23. 
Now get that word savorous. Thou savorous not, or you do not, you're not setting your mind. Um, you're not setting your affections on the things of God, but of man. And we're told in other places to set our affections on God. Set our affection on things above, not things of the earth. Um, to savor us is to let this mind be, let this mind be in you, which is Christ. So he was not doing that, as the passage says. What happened between Peter, Jesus and Peter was demonically inspired through the soul of man, of Peter. Through the soul man of Peter. And the same thing happened in the, it continued to happen because in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Peter cut off the ear of Malchus, it was of that same spirit. Peter was, was going to keep, he was going to do everything he could to keep God's plan from happening. <laughs> and that was a demonic spirit. I'm going I'm to help Jesus out here. And... Uh, and we know Peter's, Peter changed, praise the Lord. He changed greatly. But he had to be taken low. He had to be taken low. We will be talking about stuff like that here in not too far distant. Um, we need to allow the Spirit of God in us to take oversight of our souls. We need no other energy, no pump, no motivation, and no hype. If so, we can move into this super soul mode. It's interesting uh, to to me at times to to see how much we truly do love the Lord. Um, if if we come to a meeting and God doesn't show up, you know how does how does our soul react to that? <laughs> well, God's just not showing up. Yes, He is. He's in us, so He's always showing up, and and He He uh, He reveals Himself in different ways, and He is so precious at times that that we can have we can have these wild, crazy services, and yet and then other times we can just have these low key, wonderful uh, Him pouring His love out on us, and and they're just as good. Either way, uh, he's, he doesn't manifest the same all the time. And praise the Lord for that, or it would really get dull. Uh, James uh, chapter 3. But you will find some people that love Jesus, but they have to be hyped all the time. Or it's just, that wasn't a very good service. Um, and and that's, that's because they're soulish. They have, their souls have to be pumped or hyped or motivated. James chapter 3, let's look at verse 13. 
Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, earthly, natural, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good, and good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. It's a good thermometer here for what is of the Spirit and what is of not the Spirit. Who is truly uh, of God and who is not of God. Um, It's clearly here talking about this, what is evil, um, what is not from above. And that it is earthly, natural, and demonic. This word uh, earthly uh, is just that. And natural can be sensual. comes from the word sukikos, which is soulish. Um, and notice it's the natural is between the earthly and demonic. Demon-like. Jealousy and selfish ambition. The tree of good and evil. We may not choose the evil, but we can still we can still choose the good, and it's not of God. Um, but it's um, he's very clear on this. And so when you're when you're out and about and you're talking to people about the Lord and you're with friends and stuff, and there's you can know. If, if they're of God or not of God, real simply. There's a, the wisdom from above is first pure and then peaceable and, uh, and gentle and reasonable, full of mercy and good. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of people in the pulpits that don't have those features. And, um, and we have to, you are able to, by the Spirit of God, to discern what is of God and what is not of God and be assured of that. Uh, most of the time we don't recognize it because we're not well-versed in the Scriptures. And, but just, just even this little passage here in James makes it pretty clear what is of God and what is not of God. But see, what happens a lot of times then is, is we, we get around something and... We can talk about gossip or rumors or anything, and we we bow into it or come into it because our soul wants to. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, I heard that too. Oh, really? <laughs> and that's our souls wanting to buy into stuff, and and uh, but but here is is the like a thermometer for what is of the Spirit and what is not. And there's lots of other passages that talk about that. Um, so now I want to I kind of do a brief summary here. That We talked many 
several classes ago about phase one. Does anybody remember what our first phase was? Phase one. Revelation for illumination. Remember that? That's what we first talked about. Revelation of illumination to know the difference between the spirit and soul and the body. And then this second phase we, we've been talking about all this time is separation for clarification. To know how God begins to deal with us. Hopefully we've learned a little bit about how to know, to know how God begins to deal with us. And so the third phase is unification for cooperation. <laughs> yeah, yay, for sure. Unification for cooperation. One of the things that we don't have to do is to continue to crucify ourselves and forget that there's a resurrection. There's a lot of people that do that. They're continuing to crucify themselves and don't realize there's a resurrection. That we can live in resurrection. Um, a soul in union with the Spirit and therefore the Holy Spirit, can you believe this, can be very useful to the kingdom of God. <laughs> yeah. A soul that's in union with their spirit and and including, of course, the Holy Spirit can be very useful to the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. There's hope here. There's definitely hope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Look at James chapter 1. Verse 21, we've read this before. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. The key to saving the mind, will, and emotions is to receive in humility or in humility, receive the word engrafted. We've talked about that quite in quite detail. That's all that's that's really all that can save our souls. Um, but the word of God deals differently with each of these mind, will, and emotions. The word of God deals differently with each one. In the word, we're, we're told to, by the renewing of our mind, the mind must be renewed. God renews the mind, the thought processes. He, he renews our, our thinking, our concepts are renewed. Many are put to death, are put away. But the mind has to be renewed. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, we have concepts, even after we become saved, we have these religious concepts that are not even of God. And, and they have to, the Word of God has, the true Word of God, the living Word of God has to wash us and we put away those old ideas and concepts and ways of life of what it was to be a Christian. And many times we're devastated by it. We think that all those years were wasted. But see, God's merciful and graceful for a purpose and for a time. Um, the mind, uh, the will. What does he say about the will? Well, we have to deny ourselves. Not my will, but thy will be done. That's what Jesus said. Um, we don't have to kill ourselves. We're already dead. We just have to reckon on that. A daily reckoning ourselves already dead. So, see, what's the purpose of having to crucify ourselves? We've already been crucified. And so we reckon on that. We, we acknowledge it. Hey, I, when Christ died, I died. That's what Paul said. Um, in our emotions, it's a training process, isn't it? <laughs> it's a training process. It's a reprogramming. Is that mine? No. <laughs> Turn over to uh, Hebrews chapter 5. <coughs> Hebrews chapter 5. <clears throat> Look at verse 13. Hebrews 5. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Now that's really important to understand. That... The emotions are, it's a process of reprogramming. It's a training process. This, um, this word, um, senses, in fact, the King James read, but, but strong meat belongs to them that are full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. A, new, a newborn Christian has no discernment of good and evil. I mean, do you agree or not? They have no discernment of good and evil. They can, uh, I mean, they're like, they're like baby sheep, and you, you just don't stick baby sheep out amongst wolves. There's a progression here that, that we'll be talking about. Um, you'd... Uh, you just don't send out a brand new Christian out into the midst of the wolves. They'll eat them alive because they have no discernment. Uh, they, can be, uh, they can be talked into anything that looks good and of God, especially if they've been trained up in religion. If it looks good and if it looks like God, they'll go with it. 
and they'll get devoured. Um, and so here, this word senses comes from two words. Um, well, not just, it, I guess it comes from one word. It's an organ of perception. This is a process of becoming a, if you will, master in the application of God's Word. The sword of the Spirit against the senses through practice. I mean, you go out. Uh, we, we were always cautious about taking brand new Christians out on the streets of Mardi Gras. We usually left them back at home to do the things around the home front to help out there. Uh, especially if that person had been around any type of demonic stuff. Um, and uh, because it is a, it's a, it's, there's a training process to this. And you can get to the place where, as he says, um, you become trained to discern good and evil. And, and s- several of you are probably there or getting there where you can, you can discern what is of God and what is not of God real quickly. And you can listen to the lies of the enemy and know right off the bat that that's, that's a lie from the enemy. And just laugh it off, you know. It's no big deal. Where it doesn't any longer influence you. There's no thought about it. There's no waiting to, oh, is this of God or is this not of God? No, immediately you know that's not of God. That's not, that's not my Lord. So... Um, so, yeah. Yeah, this is a, I'll read that again. This is a process of becoming a master in the application of God's word. And here he's talking about um, solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their senses, and and remember we're talking about emotions here, senses trained to discern good and evil. So your your senses, your emotions are not affected by whatever. Jesus was the master. He is the master. (laughs) His emotions were never affected by what was going on, were they? Correct. Yeah. The senses were to act. Um, well, let's see. The senses was to act independently of God. For instance, in um, let me just read this chapter. We're getting close to the end here for this session. In First Peter, chapter two. First Peter chapter two verse twenty four says, and he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, for by his wounds you were healed or made whole. Now, most or a lot of people when they get sick, down hard sick, 
they're, you know, our bodies cry out for healing. Our bodies cry out for healing. And um, um, they want to rule. And our bodies want to rule because, and our soul's in agreement with that. <laughs> and and the, the mature believer knows this scripture and does not allow the body to take over. I trust God and I believe that by his stripes I'm healed. And I'm not going to rant and rave and try to talk God into it. I am healed. And the body must submit to the Spirit of God. And God has the proper timing and, and will do his purpose and his will. Um, but a mature believer doesn't give in to the, the crying out of the, the body and the soul. And you think about it, you know. I've, I've never gotten to the place that a lot of people have. But I know, I know people that have been in dire pain. We've, we've got many of them surrounding us here. And they're content with trusting the Lord. And, and don't, even, even amidst the pain, do not, do not let their bodies and their souls rule. They let, the, they let God rule. <clears throat> and they, they rely on this scripture. They trust God in this because this is a promise. <clears throat> We are well able to go with the Word of God. We are more than conquerors. Nothing can bring us down to earth. And joy is fulfilled in Jesus. This is, these are some th- examples of things that this type of person in Christ is saying, would say. Trusting, trusting the Father. These are... Uh, Things that that I know people like Jesse Penn Lewis and T. Austin Spark trusted the Lord in all through their lifetime when they suffered so much pain, yet continued on as a warrior for Christ, would would stand up and share the Lord and then would go to bed for days, uh, knowing that that God's word's true. And it wasn't going to that that his plan was not going to be altered. Uh, that when it was time for them to share the Lord, they would share the Lord and be well able to. And uh, Watchman Nee and many 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 others. So, um, and so with that, I think we'll stop. We'll for continue on in hope. We'll be talking about be transformed. We're going to talk about metamorphosis. And being transformed, the the process of that next time. So, let's pray. Father, we thank you that uh, that you are our Father and our Lord, that you're our Shepherd, Lord Jesus. You're our High Priest, and uh, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. For without Him, we would not be able to to be about our Father's business. Um, we desire that uh, that our entire spirit, soul, and body uh, be conformed to your image, uh, be submitted to you, Lord Jesus. And uh, we thank you for your word and the assurance of your word. And just this week, may we uh, meditate on your word and 
and allow uh, you to live in through us. Uh, we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.